Zanino. Middle, middle. That a boy. He, he, he got it. He, he it got deep. it. We're going he got home. it. Mike Zanino <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Speed out there, pitch. Deep drive, left center field. Give me a baby! Go! A home run for Mitch Hanniger! everybody welcome to the soto mojo podcast this is your uh, site uh, co-expert colby patnode i'm joined as always by site co-expert ty gonzalez and ty we uh we decided to take a little break there about 10 days and uh well of course jerry depoto couldn't wait with us so uh <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today but i guess we'll start with the most obvious piece of news that is of course the uh the trade that was made official this morning uh, Mike Zanino, Guillermo Heredia, and Michael Plasmeyer to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for Malik Smith and Jake Fraley. So, Ty, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts? Yeah, so um, for anyone that's been reading the site, uh, you'll know that about a week or two ago, I, I proposed a deal for Zanino to the Rays, but instead in exchange for uh, Kevin Kiermaier. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Honestly, I think Malik Smith is a better player than than Kevin Kiermaier, at least right now, uh, considering you know Kiermaier's injury history and the money. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Smith comes in at league minimum. He's 25 years old. Uh, he can steal 40 bases. So yeah, so I'm I'm honestly thrilled considering that I was willing to give up Zanino for Kiermaier. Um, and yeah, I you know it 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 sucks right now because you know even if Zanino was uh, frustrating at times to watch um, hitting, but, uh, you know, he was still a a really um, great guy to just root for and um, have on this team. Um, So, yeah, so it's sad to see him go, but um, it was probably for the best. Um, I do think that the Mariners could uh, can get better um, at the catching position, but also. I felt like trading him wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because it won't be too hard to replace his um, his offensive output from last season. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, pretty solid uh, defensive catchers out on the free agent market this year. So yeah, so I'm not I'm not too uh, um, too distraught by it, but um, yeah. Um, I, I, I like uh, Malik Smith a lot. I think he um, works well. I'm glad that he's going to be a Mariner for more than 77 minutes. I know that's been kind of the meme uh, <laughs> since the trade was made. But, uh, yeah, I, I've always liked him. Um, I kind of uh, looked at him, you know, his success last year and felt a little myth that we uh, we let him go. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it, they they get to um, address you know one of their outfield spots and we'll we'll get into where exactly Malik Smith fits in a little bit but they've addressed one of their outfield spots for um, the league minimum and um, can't get you know much better than that and Malik Smith is a really good player and he's under a lot of t- uh, club control still and um, you know if anything he becomes a very valuable trade piece uh, down the road if he continues to succeed. Yeah, <clears throat> so um, as you guys who don't know, Malik Smith, um, 25 years old. He turns 26 in May. Um, you mentioned that the Mariners had acquired him for 77 minutes before they shipped him off to Drew Smiley, who, by the way, was a number three starter. 
and Malik Smith hadn't really done anything at the big league level yet. So that kind of shows that he's a pretty valuable piece, at least in the eyes of major league major league talent evaluators. That you know he's been traded twice and both for pretty good players. Um, you know <clears throat> he's kind of the slap hitter type of guy. Uh, he walks a decent amount, um, so he's not D Gordon. Uh, I saw that comp, um, but you know Gordon walks usually around what three for, three or four percent of the time. Uh, Malik Smith is up at about eight and a half percent. I mean that that's fine. Um, I mean Gordon last year walked one and a half percent. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a significant upgrade there. Um, he's a good base runner. Obviously, you mentioned the forty steals, but aside from that. Um, he cuts the base as well. He's got 70 grade speed. Um, he's always graded out as a really good uh, base runner. Um, defensively, um, he's an upgrade over D. Gordon. Uh, the ticketed as the starting center fielder heading into the offseason. Um, he's an upgrade there. He's played all three spots pretty regularly. Um, grades out as about average at all three spots. Um, so, I mean, he's not likely a gold glover, but he's not going to kill you. Um, you can move him around a lot. Uh, you mentioned the four years of control. He's making the league minimum this year. Uh, he missed a super two cutoff by nine days. So, uh, yeah, he, he's here for four years. Um, when you traded, basically he's Guillermo Heredia and D Gordon and Ben Gamble kind of all in one um, good defender plus speed and what looks to be a solid bat. I mean, last year he had 296 with a 367 on base. Yeah. Uh, yeah that'll play um, the year before he only hit 270 with a 329. Those are still both uh, league average to slightly above league average and batting average. Um, and of course you get the base running and the defense with that. So uh and at least in those years that he did, um, you know, where WRC plus was about 84, 88, at least he was still getting on base at a pretty decent mm-hmm. club. So, um, yeah, he takes he takes pitches. He does strike out a bit. Um, still below and, league average, though. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I. And I get I get the sentiment that losing Mike Zanino sucks. I love Mike Zanino. He's one of my favorite players. Um, and I, I get I understand being disappointed that he's gone. I don't understand the notion that the Mariners just got significantly worse. Um, yeah. And that's out there. I I I can see an argument that the Mariners just kind of stayed the same, like. They're taking a downgrade at catcher. At least people assume. We don't know for sure yet. For an upgrade in center field or wherever Malik Smith ends up playing. Um, so I can kind of see how people would be like, oh, this is kind of a flat deal. Like, I, I can I can wrap my head around that. I really can't wrap my head around the idea that the Mariners got worse with this trade. I, I just don't see it. I mean, everything that Mike Zanino is with the glove, um, is all it's all great, but I mean, it's just for months at a time, he's worthless at the plate. Yeah. And he just, I don't know. You trade two years of him for four years of Malik Smith. I mean, I, I get not being overwhelmed by this deal. Um, I really don't get being underwhelmed though. I, yeah. I, I think it's a good deal for DePoto. I think he found value. Um, we'll have to wait and see catcher but overall i think the deal is i i like the deal and i really don't see how anybody can say that this is a you know a terrible deal i just i don't see it like any rational person believing that but there's people out there saying it so i don't know well and like i said when i when i proposed my um my zanino kiermeyer deal was that it'll be a lot easier and cheaper to buy a catcher than it will be to buy a center fielder or buy a left fielder. Sure. So um, that's just how the market is. Um, and like I said, it's not going to be that hard to replace um, Zanino's offensive output from last year. Um, you, you know, you'll 
likely miss out on a few home runs, but who cares, really? Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that that um, can definitely uh, supplement that role. And, um, you know, that, that can be through trade, but also, you know, I look at the free agent market and um, I see a lot of potential maybe just to have a veteran guy come in for about a year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just see where you are at the end of uh, 2019. Um, yeah. Because another thing is, you know, the Mariners are going to have a lot of payroll in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly, um, with, you know, Nicasio coming off of the Bucks and, of course, Felix. So I don't think that um, they need to scramble to get their next franchise catcher right now. Sure. Um yeah, I've seen a, a lot of names thrown out there, like uh, Austin Hedges, who's fine. He's a fine player, but um, potentially. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that they need to to rush uh, anything here. Um, so right now, I'm more so in the boat of just getting a one year veteran, mm-hmm. in the in a similar vein to the Chris Iannetta deal um, a sure. couple of years ago. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to judge um you know it's tough to judge any trade out of context and without the full scope of the off season we don't know if this makes sense. Um I think I think at least I do and I'm I'm sure you do too. You have to feel some level of confidence that the Mariners have already identified who they want their catcher to be next year. Um yeah. and they'll make I mean or they're not like you guys. Yeah, I mean they're definitely not going like, oh, crap, now we have to do some emergency research on a catcher. They have a good idea of who they want, or at least yeah. what type of player they want. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see how things shake up a catcher. It's possible you uh, improve there. Um, it's possible you get worse. I mean, I know Mike Zeno really can't hit, but he's a above-average defender, and he handles the pitch extremely well. Now you're going to have a new guy who has to come in and try to learn all these new arms. And it's not an easy staff to catch. I mean. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, Edwin Diaz's slider alone is enough to keep you up at night. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how all that works out. But uh, anyways, yeah, Malik Smith and Mike Zanino headline the deal. Uh, Guillermo Heredia will be missed, uh, but he's just a fifth outfielder, honestly. Like, yeah. He's a good defender, and that's about it. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. steal bases. He doesn't hit for power. Uh, he's just, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll miss Guillermo. He was fun. Um, yep. You know, but uh, yeah, it's it, if you want to build a winner, which is what uh, Depoto and and Scott Service have said that they want to they want to build they want to build a team that can compete with uh, the upper echelon of of the American League. You can't be sentimental about certain guys. They weren't going to get there with Mike Zanino on this team, probably. Yeah, no, they weren't going to get there with Guillermo Heredia. You gotta you gotta make these kinds of deals and and figure that you're going to hit on some of these guys. You know, Malik Smith had a really good year last year, and he's never really been projected to be that guy. So there's probably going to be regression this sure. year, maybe. But you know, it's also possible that that's just who he is now. That that's the player that he is, and you got a huge bargain for that because it's not easy to get someone like that uh, nowadays. You know because you know, you look at at some of these guys that uh, you know we were targeting during you know, our discussions for the offseason plan, but also just talking about in general. You know, guys like Billy Hamilton and and you mm-hmm. know whatnot. Those guys cost more probably and produce less. Um, and you know, you look at Malik Smith, and it's it's a really nice deal for the Mariners uh, in what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I I think honestly, like if you want to say that 2018 is like his high point of his career, I could buy that. But I don't know enough about Malik Smith to know if he made a swing change or, you know, what. I don't know if he just got lucky. Uh, It's tough. You know, people will probably look at the 366 Babbitt and say that's lucky. Maybe, but speed guys typically have a higher Babbitt. I mean,. That's usually yeah. how it works. And if he goes back to being a 270, 330 type of guy, 
that's still a valuable piece. You're still with his defense and base running. You're still probably looking at a two win player, and uh, you know that's valuable. And you get that for four years as opposed to two years of Mike Zanino. So yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah, now I would like to uh, bring up something that Look at Landon mentioned on Twitter about an hour sure. ago. Um, sure. Malik Smith uh, last year at Tropicana Field had a 151 WRC plus, but on the road only had a w- uh, 82 WRC plus. True. So there's a big drop off there that is a little bit concerning, um, considering that you know he's going to play most of his season in Safeco Field. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how to necessarily take that. I mean, that could signal a bit of regression at the plate, but you it could know, also mean nothing. Yeah, it could also mean nothing. So, I mean, think about the thing about Tropicana is that it's like a big outfield, um, yeah. and yet he's playing indoors. So I get that. Uh, why that's worth noting. It's definitely not no news. Um, I'm just not sure it's significant news because honest, I feel like Safeco and Tropicana play pretty similar and Smith isn't a power guy. He's, he's going to hit the gaps. He's going to try and get the triples and get on for, I I don't know if the ballpark matters that much for him. Um, we'll wait and see though. I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, they're not just, you know, throwing out random garbage at lookout landing. So, um, I just I don't I'm not going to put any much stock at least not much stock into it right now, right? Um, until we see how he hits at Safeco, and then then we'll know. And uh, like I said, there's definitely reason to be nervous about the deal. I just don't think there's much of a chance that the Mariners, quote unquote, lost the deal. I think the worst for them is that it's going to be a a draw basically, and th- yeah. that's fine. And that's the thing that we've seen with a lot of these um, raised Mariners deals. I think this is the ninth one since Depoto's taken over. Um, a lot of them have just been draws where both teams have gotten better. Um, really, <laughs> so it's the, supposed to work. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously the most lopsided one has been the column A and span deal, but also, you know, the, the smiley deal as well. So, you know, there's been a couple occasions where one team got significantly better while one team got worse. But, um, yeah, just looking at it, I think this is another deal where it could just be a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also see, you know, Mike Zanino uh, repeating his 2017 season and Malik Smith kind of just being an okay player. Um, right. But if you're, but if, and this is a big if, if you're yeah. not planning on competing in 2019, then trading Mike Zanino right now, this is probably the highest you're ever going to get for him. Yeah. Because let's let's say you keep him, and he has t- another 2017 year or whatever. That's great, except for now, whoever's acquiring him is getting a rental, and probably a guy who's making seven eight million dollars a year. So I I think if you were going to trade Mike Zanino, it had to be now. Yeah, and I you know I know Mar- it's Mariner fans' favorite pastime to look back and say. You know, oh, look at that guy. He left and he was great. And I just, I don't waste my energy with that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I hope Mike Zanino is good. Because, like I said, he's a great guy. I really, I root for him to succeed everywhere. And, you know, it's not going to change in Tampa. Just, you know, the seven times or whatever we play each other. I hope he looks like Mike Zanino. And the other 130 games that he plays, I hope he looks like 2017 Mike Zanino. Yeah. But, you know. So anyways, uh, just real quickly, we want to touch on the other player the Mariners are getting in this deal. Um, Jake Fraley, he's an outfielder, uh, played at, um, sorry, he played at uh, High A, uh, Florida. Um, and Charlotte. He, he, Charlotte, he crushed it. Uh, that's in the Florida League, I believe. He, he crushed it, and uh, he's an interesting piece coming back to the Mariners. So uh, Ty, what did you think of Fraley? Yeah, so um, Fraley was actually uh, someone that I first kind of noticed on um, when looking at the Rays for this offseason and mm-hmm. kind of preparation for our offseason plan. Um, he's nice. Uh, had an amazing year in high A where he posted a 415 OBP. I don't think that will continue <laughs> moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, 172 WRC plus. But 
the fact that he's gotten his bat um, on track. Uh, he's a plus-plus defender. Um, he's the Rays, uh, let's see here. He was their second round, or he was, um, yeah, second-round pick in 2016. So, you know, they've they've thought highly of this guy uh, for mm-hmm. a while. So uh, the fact that he that they gave up on him for uh, for uh, Plasmar, Heredia, and Zanino is interesting, uh, along with Malik Smith. But, uh, yeah, um, just looking at it, you know, if he can put his bat together with his glove, that's pretty uh, exciting um, to look at just uh, from a future standpoint. Right now, Fangraphs actually projects him to... Uh, to make his uh, debut in 2019, I don't think that will happen, uh, considering that he's probably going to start the 2019 season in Double A. But you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, we, Colby and I, before the podcast started, we're uh, kind of looking at um, where to project him, or uh, uh, what kind of a uh, player we could compare him to. Um, you know, he looks a lot. Like uh, Boog Powell, who the Mariners acquired, acquired from the Rays mm-hmm. uh, three years ago, and Jerry Depoto's first big splash of his tenure with the Mariners. Um, he also, to me, he kind of looks like Brett Gardner. I, I I think he has a bit more power than people think he does, and um, good base runner. Um, you know, like we said, great defender. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a pretty exciting player to have in your farm system. I think it makes their farm better. Um, losing Plasmeyer hurts because Plasmeyer was one of the more exciting choices of uh, last year's uh, draft class for the Mariners. And, uh, you know, the Mariners are kind of strapped for uh, starting pitching depth in their, in their farm system throughout uh, every level, um, especially at the top of their uh, farm rankings. So... Um, that, that hurts a bit, but, um, Fraley's a good player. So I, I'm excited about that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that, uh, you know, plus I like Plasmeyer a lot. Um, the spin rate on his fastball was very interesting. Um, but I do have to admit that Plasmeyer was probably about three years. Ago. Um, and even when he got here, you're more or less, I think looking at, left-handed Andrew Moore and I mean that's that's fine but that's like a number five number six type mm-hmm. I actually think that Plasmeyer might work better if the Rays really go down this opener road um, as a guy who comes in and faces you know six seven guys and then you take them out um, but yeah I like Plasmeyer he was number 20 in my last uh, rank of the uh, of our prospect rankings um, Fraley like I said on first first look last night he'll probably be in between that 15 to 20 range um when i redo the ranks which uh obviously i'm not going to do until i think depoto's more or less done trading <laughs> uh but yeah i think he's probably right in the same range as plasmeyer i did see uh somebody from baseball america today they tweeted that um you know based on the year fraley just had in their re-ranks they were going to have him raise tops th- top 30 um, and for the Mariners, he said that he could see him go as high as eight and, you know, eight to 15 is the range he gave. Um, so, uh, a, that shows how weak the Mariners farm system is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but B, it also shows how exciting Fraley can be if, you know, he's already going to be theoretically could be one of the 10 best prospects in your farm system. That's, that's not a, you know, that's a exciting part of the trade. Um, and yeah, I like it. I think the high end, I think his ceiling is probably Brett Gardner. I think his floor is probably Boog Powell. And uh, we'll see. You know, I, I think I agree. I think there might be some more power there. Um, the guy's a really good athlete and he's strong and he's got good bat speed. So I think maybe, I don't think he's going to be slugging 25 home runs, uh, but I can see him hitting, you know, 10 to 15, probably stealing 20 to 25 bats. In good solid defense um, in center, uh, probably above, probably uh, you know a great defensive left fielder if he moves. Arm is kind of fringy, which is a lot like Brett Gardner. So uh, yeah, I, I I think he's an interesting piece. I think 2019 is a bit too aggressive. 
Um, but I could see it. I think 2020 ultimately is when he's coming up. Um, if he even makes it that far in the Mariners system. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Fraley's an interesting and noteworthy player and yep. uh, I'm, I'm glad he was included in the deal. It makes me feel, uh, feel pretty good about the trade overall. Yeah. that's another thing you, uh, that I just noticed that you said is, um, you know, if he makes it to the Mariners, yeah, we'll uh, see. you know, the, the Mariners have a lot of outfield, um, prospects mm-hmm. right now ahead of him. Uh, Kyle Lewis, Braden Bishop, uh, maybe Eric Folia. Possibly uh, Evan White, if they yeah. decide to move him out there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's not uh, going to be an easy um, road for uh, Fraley to get to the big leagues, at least in the Mariner organization. So um, it's possible <laughs> he's just a guy that gets traded, or maybe if Kyle Lewis or Braden Bishop were to get traded at some point this offseason. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like uh, the Braden Bishop trade, at least. No, uh, I Braden Bishop would be the hardest player for me to trade in the farm system. Yeah. <laughs> and it has almost nothing to do with his like his skill set as a baseball player, which is still fine. Um, oh, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, the guy could probably win a gold glove in center field tomorrow, if you asked him to. And he's a good base runner, and he's starting to hit. Um, but... Man, I, I love Braden Bishop, so I really hope that he sticks around. I would rather trade Kyle Lewis and Braden Bishop, and yeah. that's probably stupid, but uh, that I'm fine. I'm I'm, I'm used to it. So, um, but yeah, you're you're right. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of depth there. Um, we'll see if he makes it. Um, you know, if he doesn't, then he's probably a pretty nice trade chip. Um, and if he does, then you know who knows. I, I think one of the other comps I had for him, he does remind me a little bit of Ben Gamble. Um, yeah. Probably a little bit better defensively, probably a little less power or pop. Um, but yeah, I, I think Fraley's a nice piece. So um, don't want to spend too much time on the secondary piece, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> he's, he's definitely a nice piece to add in this trade. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know the deal itself just uh, to wrap up here it's you know it's got all this kind of potential for a lot of different um scenarios you know mm-hmm. um but i think in the end i think the most likely outcome is that both teams do well in this mm-hmm. deal um which again like i said is has been a theme for these rays and mariners trades um yeah, I, 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 you know, I look at Malik Smith, and I think he's a really nice piece. And I think, um, even if things don't work out in Seattle, um, that he will be a very attractive piece in a potential trade down the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, also looking at him and and looking at a potential twenty twenty outfield, if you will, of. You know, if Kyle Lewis gets it back on track and, you know, maybe you have Kyle Lewis, Malik Smith and Mitch Hanniger in your outfield and if all those three guys are, are living up to expectations and that's a really good outfield. Yep. Um, obviously, that's not, you know, a hypothetical that we really want to spend too much time on. But, um, yeah, you know, there, there are things to, to, to get very excited about and having Malik Smith, who's, you know, only going to cost you a league minimum right now is pre-arb until next year. Um, that's a really good deal, and it clears about three point seven million off of uh, expected payroll, considering what um, uh, Zanino was projected to get in arbitration this year. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, real quick on that, uh, don't forget Guillermo Heredia is essentially making the same amount as Malik Smith. So, oh right, I totally so, forgot about that. So you're going to clear about four point three million, give or take. Yeah. Um, which is uh, nice, and it, it does lead to an interesting question we'll get to down the road here a little bit. But real fast, um, moving off of this trade, but still related to this trade, um, the addition of Malik Smith does it give you either who might be traded next, um, or does it give you a sense of who on this roster is in trouble? of being traded you know what i mean like 
<clears throat> like for me, I'll, I'll start to give you a little time here. Um, to me, the acquisition of Malik Smith, and maybe this is wishful thinking, spells a little bit of doom for D. Gordon, um, simply because they said Malik Smith is your center fielder, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you cross that out. Um, so D. Gordon right now is your starting second baseman. Well, there's some murmurs that the Mariners are looking at second baseman. It's certainly a good free agent class. Um, you know, and Cano's your first baseman, which also isn't ideal, honestly. Um, basically, the way I look, if the Mariners acquire a second baseman, then D. Gordon's probably gone. Yeah. If the Mariners acquire a first baseman, then D. Gordon's probably gone. I don't think Cano is going to be the full-time DH. Um, he'll be either at first or second most of the time. And so at that point, if either of those things happen, D. Gordon is a very expensive utility player. <clears throat> and if you can clear off any of his salary this year, then I think he's probably the guy um, that Malik Smith pushes out. I don't think he's the next guy to get traded. Mm-hmm. I have a different answer for that, but I think this trade specifically speaks to an idea that the Mariners want to move on from D Gordon. Yeah, I th- I think uh, that too. Um, you know, another possibility with D is that you just swap contracts with another team, perhaps. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but if it's a, if it's about dumping money, then yeah, then no, but. No. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a possibility though because we don't really know for sure what they're going to do. But, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, the other player that I was thinking of that is, is that maybe Gene Segura because of maybe they think that they could put the at shortstop. I don't know. Like, God, I hope not. That would be so bad, but I wouldn't put it past them to do that, and I'm really <laughs> scared about that. But I think the other player that um, that I would be a little bit worried about is Ben Gamble, because um, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sold on the idea that Malik Smith is the center fielder. Sure. Um, plus, his arm ranks uh, is is rated the best out of left field. Um, so Gamble would be a nice piece to include in a deal. Uh, I've looked at possibly Gamble on a package for Danny Salazar. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I uh, yeah. I, I I think D is definitely the one that's most affected by this. Um, though I don't necessarily think that it it's clear, like completely crystal clear that that he's out. Yeah. Um, you know, they could very well just stick with D at second and and keep Cano at first. Um, that is a possibility. Cano, uh, you know, I, I don't think that uh, if Cruz come if Cruz doesn't come back, uh, I don't think that they are going to go um, with a traditional DH. I think it'll be DH by committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which is probably for the best because that makes your your roster more flexible. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I just looking at. Um, yeah, looking at this and and figuring that there's still quite a few holes, depending on what they're going to do. It's too early to tell who's in trouble and who's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, I I, I think D and Ben Gamble um, probably are two at the top of that list. Right. I yeah I I could see that. Um, I think though, and again, I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, but I, I just, I get the sense that DePoto is kind of looking at guys who are, you know, two years or less and looking to trade those guys for zero to three guys who, you know, pre-arb guys. So like, I think because Gene Segura is 28 and he's still here for four more years, I think he's less likely to go than D Gordon, even though he would get you a better player. Um, Cause I'm not convinced that they're actually tearing down. Yeah. Um, so 
I I think and plus you know uh, Gene has the no trade, but you know you could work around that. Um, so I I I think a guy like D who has two years left um, is making money. They clearly want to shed that payroll, um, but you know Zanino again two years left making money. They got good value for him here, so it worked out. So for me, that leads me to think that the next guy to get traded from the Mariners, not that it matters what order they get traded in, but I think the next guy up on the block is actually James Paxton, who is going to make $9 million this year, probably going to make you know somewhere in the ballpark of 12 to $15 million next year. He's around for two years. Like Sonino, his value goes down every time he takes the ball. Um, for the Mariners, his trade value will go down s- slightly each time. Yeah, so James Paxson is probably the next big name to get moved. Um, and I, I would say that I'm, uh, Alex Colomay is another guy. Two years of club control, making money, has value right now. Um, so I, I don't know if it, like two years is the hard cutoff line, but Zanino was Colomay two years. This year? No, Colomay still has two years left. So. And that's part of the, again, you trade him now while his value is at its peak because, you know, rental relievers don't get you much. Um, so I don't, I, I think, I think Paxson's probably next. Uh, is that your sense? Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Cause if they do trade him, then I'm really concerned about what their plan is for the rotation. Even if this isn't necessarily a year that they plan to contend in, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily smart to to roll out with Marco Gonzalez as your number one. So, oh, you're forgetting about Felix Hernandez, my man. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> okay, anyway, we're gonna ignore that. Uh, so, yeah, I um, I don't know. I I God, it's. I think, yeah, they they kind of have to if that's their plan. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I think you might be right that that he's probably next. Um, it's just what exact like I I can't imagine them just dumping him to dump him. No, um, no, no. If if they're not going to get an offer that they like, they'll keep him. I mean, yeah, like I need. Like, I, I know this is going to sound greedy, but I, I, I think that, like, if it's a deal for Paxton, you need at least, like, 75% of what the Rays got for Archer. Because they're very similar. Because Archer's mm-hmm. not statistically a great pitcher. But you know, Pax, Paxton's a better pitcher inning for inning yeah. than Archer. And so, it's, it's not necessarily close, even. Yeah. So... I need at least seventy five percent of that because that was also just doing parts of the to the pirates being desperate for some reason. Yeah, but so you can't think that we'll we'll get exactly that. But I need something like that for to trade Paxson because I feel that if if they just dump him to dump him, then he's more valuable on this team than he is to just get you know a couple prospects that are in the top 10 for a, for a team, but they're not, you know, they're not the guys that you would want Yeah, in the starting pitching market. But I also think it'll be interesting to see how like the markets go for Carrasco and Kluber, et cetera. If those guys actually get dealt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they don't get dealt, then teams will probably shift their attention to Paxson. I think honestly, um, I think I don't think Depoto is going to do a prospect. Um, I don't think a, I should say I don't think a prospect will be the headliner of a Paxson trade. Right. Um, I think it. I think again. I think it's going to be somebody who's in that zero to three pre-arb um, guy, but or it could be uh, somebody who's probably still a prospect but has a little major league seasoning. You know what I mean? Mm. And like for so what we know is that the Yankees are interested in Paxton. Right. As an example, we also know they're interested in Kluber and Carrasco and Patrick Corbin. Um, so they're a little harder to nail down. But right. like a, a guy like 
Yankees have a guy like Clint Frazier. Yeah. Who was, you know, zero to three guy. He was once a top, you know, 30 prospect in all of baseball. Um, they have a deep farm system. So I think if he's only 24, um, like he's been in the big leagues for parts of two seasons, uh, 54 total games, hasn't really done much at the big league level. Um, but he's a guy that if he's the headline of your package, he helps you now in theory, probably as yeah. your left fielder. And then the Mariners can go out and they, they can go into the Yankees farm system and pick out a guy who's, you know, top around like seven through 12 in their system and then add somebody at the back end. Like, I think that's more the deal they're looking at than saying, Hey, give us, you know, Estevan Floriel, who's two years away, but has a tremendous upside. I think they're looking for guys who can help them now. And then guys that might, and then guys that are probably going to help them down the road. Um, but you know, Clint Frazier, Nick Williams of the Phillies, he's kind of a similar type of guy. I think those type of players are more likely to be your headliner than a straight prospect. Um, but who knows? I mean, I, I'm right there with you. If I honestly, I would think that if I'm trading Paxton, I need starting pitching. Yeah. And I need starting pitching coming back to me. I, I like the Yankees have Sonny Gray. Who they're yeah. desperate to get rid of. Yeah, so like Frazier's nice, Nick Williams is nice, but you know, like I said, they're they're not necessarily uh, strapped for off, uh, for outfield prospects right now, or no. outfield, for outfielders in general. So you know, no, I, 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 I don't think you leave talent on the table though. That's true. Like if the best player you can get back is an outfielder, that's yeah. fine. You figure it out. But yeah, yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, like I think my main goal going in though is like I need, I would or I would very much like to have um, starting pitching um, that's close to the big leagues. You know, kind of like um, uh, when uh, when uh, the White Sox traded uh, Sale, mm-hmm. like you know, someone like Kopech or however you say his last name. Somebody Um, who's reasonably close. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I I feel like they need something like that because really all they have right now is Logan Gilbert, and we don't really know how Sam Carlson is going to bounce back and how long that's going to take. Right. Um, Well, let let me put you on the spot here real fast. Um, And again, this is just me looking at some prospect ranks and also just kind of an idea. Um, I believe our, uh, our, our fan sided Philly site, um, they wrote about a potential James Paxson fix, um, and the Phillies do make, uh, so I can totally see that. So let me just throw this at you. If the Mariners got Nick Williams and a guy like, I'm going to butcher Iniel de los Santos, who was a Mariner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, he's pitched in AAA. He dominated AAA. He's gotten some major league seasoning. Um, he's number nine prospect in the Philly system uh, by MLB Pipeline. Like you said, he's got seasoning. So you get those two, and then you get a lottery ticket like, I don't know, uh, Cornelius Randolph. Is that something that? Are you are you shooting for more than that, or is that about right, or is that not close to what you would think? Um, no, I like that. Um, you get two guys that will play for you in the majors immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like you said, like you'll figure that out. Like, um, getting a pitcher uh, of that caliber is nice. Um, I'm totally for that. That would. Um, that would make me feel a bit better about it because, you know, it's not, it's not really just about like, Oh, what do we do about the, uh, the rotation for this year? It's also about what do you do with the rotation for years to come? Because, you know, perhaps yeah. even though that he's coming to the end of his contract, still, you know, he's 30 now. He still probably has like four mm-hmm. or five really good years in him. Maybe, you know, that, Obviously, that remains to be seen, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's like 
I, you, right. you just got to find a deal that that you can for sure say that uh, you know this team gets better with right so for Paxton, because we're dumping his you know incoming salary and we're afraid that he won't come back to us in free agency in 2021 you know right because again i don't think you will because i think at the end of the day the mariners still have the leverage of maybe we'll just resign him long term yeah i mean he doesn't have a lot of innings on his arm um by all reports he really likes seattle um he's open to an extension here so i think you still have that threat in your back pocket but if the Yankees come along with Clint Frazier and uh, Jonathan Losiga, I you know that's probably something you have to strongly consider. Um, so I, I don't think that Paxson is going to be a salary dump at all. I think yeah. they're going to expect D, like D Gordon. That will be a salary dump if yeah, they do right. trade him. Yeah, and I'm Paxton, saying, like, you have to I'm, get something. Yeah, and I'm not saying like when I say dump Paxson, I don't mean just dump him for anyone. I'm saying like. Don't dump him for like a team's like fifth and ninth prospect, you know. Unless it's the Atlanta Braves prospect. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but, but yeah, no. I, I, in most situations. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. In any normal situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting with Paxton because again, you know, teams that make some sense, the Braves make some sense, the Red Sox make some sense, the Cubs make some sense, the Reds are apparently looking for starting pitching, so they might make some sense. Uh, the Rockies make sense. The 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 Angels do make sense, but God, <laughs> no, no, I no, I do no, not no. want to see them ruin James Paxson's career. No, uh, the Do the Dodgers make sense. The Brewers make sense. The Twins make sense. The Yankees make sense. The Phillies make sense. The Pirates make a little bit of sense. The Padres make sense. The Giants. The Cardinals. Everyone uh, makes sense. Everyone yeah. needs starting pitching. Pretty much everybody in the league. May anybody who thinks they can win this year or next year. He even the Astros, even the Astros yeah. need starting pitching. Yeah. And so, uh, I just, I feel like you have, I, I don't like people say you have to do something, um, just because it opens up the possibility that you're about to get screwed. Yeah. But it does feel like this is the apps. If the Mariners are going to trade James Paxson, it, it almost has to be this off season. There's plenty of interest. The starting pitching market isn't great. It's not bad, but it's not great. Um, so I feel like Paxson's probably the next guy. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm there with you. you. You can't take, you know, 70 cents on the dollar just because you want to clear the $9 million. Yeah. Uh, you know, the nine, clearing the $9 million is just a bonus, but you're trading Paxson for the players you get. So um, we'll see. It's, uh, yeah. It's, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. And, and, you know, I saw these comments from DePoto saying that, they're going to be busier in the trade market than the free agent market, which has been kind of their plan. But, you know, I've said for the last you know couple months now, they don't have a lot to trade, you know, to, to get better. So they're going to have to trade from their major league roster to get value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued about how they handle the free agent market this year, because I do believe that it's better than most people think. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's not yeah. great, but I, I would say it's pretty good, even when you remove the two top guys. Yeah, um, I think there are a lot of guys that realistically could be Mariners in 2019 mm-hmm. and could help them. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued, and I, and I feel like not a lot of these guys require huge commitments either. No, you know, like we, you know, I've looked at someone like Lonnie Chisenhall, who was in our offseason plan. You know, that's like a one year deal, you know, so like someone like that could be interesting, you know, going down the line. So I'm really, really intrigued to see what their plan is, because, you know, and this leads into kind of our next topic that do we actually buy into this idea that they're tearing it down Um, or as or as Jerry DePoto rephrased it, reimagining the roster. (laughs) <laughs> and what that means. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I guess the first thing I would say is, is that the Mariners have had waived six guys who are set to go to arbitration. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are still in the organization. They've accepted minor league assignments, but that's but anyways, they've waived six guys who are going to free up about $12 million total. Um, 
They've traded Mike Zanino, so there's another $4 million. Um, this is on top of what we assumed. And again, we're, we're making educated guesses about what their total payroll will be. We assume they had about 10 to $12 million to play with. Um, so they're up to 12 Then they trade Zanino who's, you know, 4.3 or so. So you're looking at 16 and it sounds like they want Jackson. That's another six or that's another, you know, uh, nine. And then if they trade D for anything, like all these guys that they're trading, they're trading a lot, a lot of money away. And I guess my question is for what, you know, you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> it doesn't make sense to me. If you're not going to tear down and rebuild, and that's your question, I don't think they're going to commit to that because I don't see them having the stones to trade Edwin Diaz um, or Mitch Haniger for that matter. So I, yeah. I can't I can't sit here and say that it's definitely a rebuild. Yeah. I think what this is is possibly Depoto looking to stretch out their window, yeah, um, and maybe being willing to sacrifice 2019 to do it. See, the problem is they can't necessarily rebuild because they have all these guys that they technically can't trade. You know, uh, Cano has no trade value. Seager has no trade value. Um, Although it is interesting. I did read an article today that, uh, uh, granted, it wasn't with sources or anything, but I did read an article today that said the Cardinals are a team that might be interested in Kyle Seager. Which I mean, I mean, if they take that whole contract, hallelujah! <laughs> or really, they take any of it. I don't know. Yeah. And, and by the way, just real quick, I'm going to let you continue. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. there was also a report from somebody. I can't remember who, but it, it it was like a legit like baseball writer who said that the Mariners may be trying to attach either D. Gordon or Kyle Seager to any James Paxson trade. Um. Ooh. Yeah, which would hurt your return, but also getting that money off your books. Yeah, but anyway, limit. All right, so let's let's say that they they attach Seager, right? Seager is uh, a free agent in in two years. So, is it really worth it to limit the return on a Paxton deal just to get Seager's numbers off the books a year early or two years early? Is it really only two years? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he's a free agent in 2021. Uh, yeah, you're right. After, yeah. after no, after the 2021 season. Oh, so okay. All right. So, three seasons is is yeah. that really worth it to you though? And I mean, for me, I mean, no. It could still be a really good player this year. Yeah, and if he goes back to what he was in 2017, he has more trade value than yeah. he does now. Yeah, for me, no, because Paxson is since they're not going to trade Diaz. In my opinion, Paxson is the best player you have to offer, and he's going to get you the biggest return. So, no, I'm not willing to sacrifice that return to clear, you know, $18 million off the books when, you know, <clears throat> with Felix yeah, coming off the books next what, year and all that stuff. Yeah, especially, like, what's the point in freeing up all that space? Like, like I, I, I don't get what their plan would be. If right. they freed up all that space, is it? Do they think that they have a chance to make a run at one of the top two guys this offseason? Like, I don't, I don't like. I honestly don't know why they would need to free up. Because let's say that if they were to attach Seager to a Paxton deal, and that would mean that whatever team is taking on all that salary, or at least the majority of it, right? So that's yeah, what like a twenty-five million dollars freed up, twenty-six. Yep. So, what's the point in doing that? Like, you know, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Unless they're unless they're planning on going after Corbin and I don't know, Charlie, or Charlie Morton, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like, all right, Corbin and Pollock and yeah, like they're going after. I I don't know. I agree with you. I don't think. I mean, if somebody's willing to take it as like a tiebreaker, you know what I mean? Like the Phillies and the Yankees have really good offers, but the Phillies finally crack and say, screw it, I'll take 50% of Seager's salary if you throw him in the deal, then maybe. But I'm not willing to sacrifice, you know, a good prospect just to get rid of Kyle Seager's contract in a James Paxson deal. I think 
Seager's the perfect guy to hold and wait for his value to rebound. Um, and with Felix already coming off the books next year, his contract is less of a drain on you because you'll have more room. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I think it's something that they may consider. Um, maybe they try, but at the end, I don't want to take away 1% of what I could get for James Paxton just to dump Kyle Seager's salary. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So after these deals, you know, um, and if they, they move on from Paxton, the Mariners aren't as strapped for cash as we thought they were this offseason. Um, so they have an opportunity to to do something pretty nice this year. And, you know, they're going to have a lot of cash next year. So yep. um, I think even if this season or if this offseason is just to build a bridge to 2020, um, you know, they... they, they <laughs> they can't just uh i don't know just pack it in though <laughs> i i really do think that they have a team here that can compete um and i no not not for a world series yeah then what's the point yeah but like i think that but the reason why i'm saying this is because they don't have anyone that they can trade like right. other than Paxson and Diaz and Hanager and Segura and Segura, but the problem is Cano's going to be on this team. Yep. Even though that we were just talking about Seager, Seager's probably going to be on this team mm-hmm. because they're probably not going to find the right deal for Seager that yep. actually makes sense for them. And you know, Felix is going to be on this team, etc. Like they they don't they can't completely tear it down. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't think that. I, I at least would hope that they have a plan, you know, a supplementary plan for trading someone like Paxson, you know, that they do have a plan to um, reconstruct this rotation, right? And right. soon, and soon, not, not like, even if they don't get, like, some big name this offseason to, you know, uh, to start for them, at least put the pieces in place to acquire someone in 2020 or sign someone in 2020 um, that can headline your rotation because, you know, let's say that they trade Paxton and they don't get Corbin or, or someone like that. Marco Gonzalez is probably your number one. And we joked about Felix, but Marco Gonzalez is probably your best pitcher. And even though I love Marco and I think he's great, he's not a number one. So, no, but for a team who's willing to punt 2019, I think it's okay. I, yeah, so, but I just, I, I hope that the pieces are in place to fix that, you know, to address right, that. Right, yeah, to get ready. And that could be money. I mean, the pieces could be money. Could be prospects, but it could also be money, and then you go into next offseason. Because we're sitting here talking about, well, why are they, what are they clearing up all this money to do in 2019? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're they'll spend some of it to fill out their roster because you still have to fill a twenty five man roster. Yeah, uh, you still have to you know go out there and play in twenty nineteen. Uh, so they'll spend some of that money there. But what if they spend that on one year deals and then they all come off the books with Felix and Nicasio and then you know they have fifty million dollars to spend next year, like legitimately spend. Yeah. So, and, you know, another route that they could take is just sign a bunch of, you know, like you said, sign a bunch of one of your guys, but one of your guys that have uh, potential to, you know, be trade chips in July. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, say that they hit on someone in free agency that's, you know, a Rich Hill type. Uh huh. You know, um, or let let's say that they already kind of have that guy on their roster in Wade LeBlanc. You know, say Wade LeBlanc has another good year. Yep, that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I you know there there are options for them to um, to still get better and to still um, get more value out there as the season progresses. You know, Diaz is probably more more attractive in season than he is in the off season. Um. 
you know, and like I said, like say that you hit on a free agent that, you know, that you sign on a one-year deal this year, or say that Wade LeBlanc uh, pitches well again. These are guys that out of nowhere can bring you a pretty decent prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen it with plenty of teams over the years. You know, you saw it with, with the A's and uh, the Cubs, you know, over the last decade, you know, um, these kinds of situations played out and they got players that are now succeeding for them. Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't think that the Mariners have hit a dead end necessarily. <laughs> and I also don't think that they, ha- uh, that they will tear it all down. I, I just don't think, that, I don't think that they can. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I agree that re, you know, with them reimagining the roster, I think that that makes sense. If, uh, you know, if it, if it involves what I believe is trading off the pieces that you know that you can't win with and knowing that you can replace them with better talent elsewhere. Right. And if that's this offseason, like, let's say that they trade off D Gordon, right? And, mm-hmm. but they want to keep Cano at first. They can go out and sign DJ LeMahieu. You know, they can go out and sign Jed Lowry if they want. Sure. Uh, you know, so so if those are if that's the way that he wants to reimagine the roster, that's fine. If it's getting younger guys that he he finds value in and he thinks, you know, like Malik Smith types, if he finds more Malik Smiths um, you know, over uh you know, different positions, then then maybe that's the route that he takes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's <coughs> it's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this offseason is going to be very interesting. 